I'm Alex Melius. And I'm Tai Fu. And this week, on trying to figure out anything to talk about during the offseason, Tai has just reminded me of Pierre Dorian's brilliant quote, who, by the way, just got, a, I think, a four-year ex- extension with the Sens to remain their general manager through 2025. And he has boldly proclaimed that the Senators' rebuild is over. And I, I, for one, see no potential for this this quote to age poorly. Just kidding. Uh, I can see, I can kind of see people having different different perceptions on what this means. And I think what Pierre Doran was trying to say by the rebuild is over is that they're no longer planning on selling off pieces for futures. And in that sense, it kind of makes sense. You know, probably about time for the sense to go in that direction. But what most people seem to gather from it was that. The rebuild is over means the Sens are expected to be a playoff team now, or maybe even a cup contending team now. And will they make the playoffs? Uh, Probably not. Very unlikely. Even though they were pretty hot to end the year, I would say they're in quite tough in the Atlantic Division. (laughs) Yeah, in quite tough is putting it lightly. Um, You look at this roster. This is not a contending roster. This is hardly any sort of roster. Um, And yeah, I mean, certainly one way to take it is, okay, we're done selling off everything. Um, But that's, that's a very, very generous to, you know, the quote that actually came out. Um, because, uh, yeah, it seems like they want to make the playoffs or something. And uh, that's uh, that's a bit preposterous. I mean, just look at the roster. Look at the other teams ahead of you. I mean, if you're in the Pacific, maybe you would have some sort of discussion going on. Uh, but, you know, don't kid ourselves here. And, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the whole organization is deluded into thinking they're in their, you know, run of unprecedented success for the next four years, which is why Dorian got his four-year extension. That's a fun coincidence, you know. Is they better win while he's GM apparently, um, but yeah, this is come on, that's delusional. This rebuild isn't over. Um, you know, if the rebuild is over, that implies you're done, like you know, rebuilding the team. And if that's the case, I mean, you're you're stuck in a bad spot if you're going to stop rebuilding right now with this roster. Yeah, or maybe I think maybe it's like, all right, our rebuild is over. Time to wait for all our young players and prospects to get better. Time to you know wait for Tim Schutzler to improve and. Shane Pinto to improve and Mary, maybe even Eric Brandstrom to finally get better. Uh, I don't think the Sens making the playoffs is like the longest of long shots. You know, you would look yes, there. The Atlantic is, yes, it is. It's good. Stop. You know, I, okay, I guess, but, but like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to think like, Oh, I, I mean, well, first of all, I would definitely have them ahead of Buffalo or Detroit. So, so there's that. Um, sure. And the, the Metropolitan, you know, a lot of question marks there. It's gotten much weaker, you know. Carolina, Washington, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Philly. How many of these teams are you really confident in making the playoffs? Uh, I don't think I can pinpoint a single one. So maybe, you know, that fifth spot in the Atlantic, it's possible, all right? It's possible. But my big question mark with Ottawa is uh, is Matt Murray. Uh, honestly, I would have more faith in Philip Gustafson because even though he didn't play much in the NHL last season, he was great, whereas Matt Murray hasn't... Uh, been honestly NHL caliber, let alone starting goalie caliber in at least a season, probably two. And because of his contract, I feel like they're going to lean more heavily on Matt Murray than they should. And that will probably ultimately be their downfall or at least a big piece of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Matt Murray, that's probably one of the worst goalie contracts in the league. Um, for what? How many more years? Three more years <laughs> at six point two five million dollars. I mean, uh, that's outrageous. That is outrageous. And that goaltending—that's that. Their goaltending is going to be an anchor. That's already a uh, given. 
Um, but, you know, the rest of the roster as a whole is just frankly not there in terms of development or just straight up talent. Um, you know, you have like Austin Watson on your third line. Like, what are we what are we doing here? Um, this is not this team is not going to make the playoffs. You know, I'd be somewhat surprised if they even got fifth. Um, you know, I think like, I, you know, they're not like you have Detroit and Buffalo there. I think, you know, do I think they're head and shoulders above both of those teams? Not really. Like, honestly, if I had to like maybe put some money on it. I would maybe, well, you know, I would say Detroit, but then the roster's thing. So maybe, you know, they're like, they're not clear cut a tier above, I would say. I mean, this team just, you know, they want a little hot shake at the end of the year against the Canadian division. Like, well, how much stock are we putting into that? Um, and yeah, the, the rest of the division is just a tier above. Um, well, you know what? I don't know about Montreal after this, after this offseason that they've had, but this certainly isn't a playoff team. And uh, yeah. I mean, this is this, you're gonna expect to start winning with this roster. What a fucking joke! What a fucking joke. Um, Eric Brandstrom, the some who's been underwhelming so far, is what gonna be on your? It's gonna be in your top four. Who else is in your top four? Um, like Zaitsev's playing on the top pair with Shabbat. It's just it's a it's a complete train wreck of a roster, and yeah, the rebuild is not done. I would say, um, and if it is, well then you can prepare yourself for five more years of misery. This is how I see the Senators. Uh... Defense shaking out right now. We got Thomas Shabbat and Nikita Zaitsev. All right, that superstar top pair sticking together. Then Victor Mete and Artem Zub. And then we have Eric Brandstrom on the bottom pair with the newly acquired Nick Holden. Uh, so I see this as being uh, almost passable. I think almost passable is fair. I would say passable if uh, not for Nikita Zaitsev still uh, on that top pairing next to Thomas Shabbat. But I mean, you know, Artem Zub. He's great. Who doesn't love Artem Zub? Victor Matei, we know how great he is. A superstar player. And uh, as for the forwards, I think there's... Uh, I think you're maybe you're not giving them uh, enough credit. I don't know. Obviously, you know, there maybe is some lack of, of star power uh, with, you know, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, and Drake Batherson being your top line. But, like, I think there's a decent amount of, uh, of balance and, you know, the decent potential for some depth scoring. I uh, you know like Nick Paul, Shane Pinto, Colin White in your third line, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like you're writing them off a little too easily. Like saying things like they're almost in the same tier as like Detroit and Buffalo. I think Ottawa's decidedly better than Detroit and Buffalo. Like just look at, I don't know, the defense, for example, you know, even just, you know, Thomas Shabbat by himself probably makes the Sens defense better than the Red Wings defense. It has like Philip Ronick is like the only competent one. Yeah. Well, you know, just organizationally. You know, we talk about organizational failure. I mean, with Eugenie, I cannot put any sort of faith into this team. And, you know, the mess that they are on and off the ice in, in recent years uh, with Eugene Melnick at the head, that, like, you know, the concept of the, the concept of even, you know, squeaking it into a wild card spot is positively absurd to me. Uh, and I can't wrap my mind around it. Uh, I, won't even, I, don't, I won't even believe it when I see it. Uh, so, you know, it's... Uh, I, I see absolutely no success for this team for the next three years. Honestly, I you know it's just it's so broken up there that they, you know they got this deluded guy trying to pull the strings with Melnick uh, and like you know Pierre Dorian getting a four year extension. We don't even know how good of a GM this guy is. It's so confusing trying to evaluate Pierre Dorian because it's like you know he gets good value on his rebuild things, but that, a that's the easiest part of the rebuild. Second of all, you know it's clearly Melnick's pulling the puppet strings. He's way too over involved. Um, that's what we see over and over and. You know, it's like, well, what are we getting here? Is he even a good general manager? He might be awful. He might be, like, above average. Who knows? It's just, it's so messy. And, you know, like, I 
And when these three guys like, you know, Kachuk and eventually, you know, like, I don't know, Josh Norris, whose contract is up next year, um, among others. And when they when their young players actually do start developing, I mean, do we trust Eugene Melnick to spend out the big bucks? He doesn't have the money. So, you know, I don't trust it. And then also a bunch of the money is tied to Matt Murray, too. So, you know, all, all around, I will, I don't know. I, I, I would I would make a bet with anybody on the Sens making the playoffs. Um, because I I really do believe it's the longest of long shots, uh, even finishing in the fifth seed, squeaking past the metro metro teams. But Eugene Melnick said that it's time for the unprecedented run of success. That's like four years long or five years long. Remember, right after they traded Mark Stone for Eric Brandstrom in a second round pick and Oscar Lindbergh, he said that this is the move that's going to set send them on an unprecedented run of success, and it's time for that to begin. So it's going to begin now. Yeah, because he said so for what three, four, two, two, three, four years ago. Um, it's, yeah. it, all right. He manifested it. Shout out to Eugene Melnick. Let's see if it works. <laughs> it time yeah, like now. manifestation, horoscopes and stuff. If yeah, that was in his vibes. horoscope, you will go on an unprecedented run of success if you trade Mark Stone for Eric Brandstrom. I think he read that in a fortune cookie, probably. That's my guess. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. shock me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move on to. Uh, the other notable thing that happened this Another week, which is team. a tweet, a tweet from the Calgary Flames that starts with veteran presence and then a strong <laughs> bicep emoji. The hashtag Flames have signed defenseman Eric Goodbranson to a one-year deal, and I was so so enamored by the idea of having to justify your signing before you even have the balls to announce what the signing is. Be like, now before you get mad. <laughs> Veteran presence, strong arm. We signed Eric Goodbranson. <laughs> the, the the emoji is really the the cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Isn't it? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's everything wrong with player ev- evaluation in the NHL encapsulated in one emoji. Um, you know, like <laughs> what does he bring to the team? Veteran presence. Wow. Why aren't Why aren't we signing strong biceps? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just truly one of the worst defensemen in the NHL. Cannot believe he got almost $2 million um, to be bad on the Flames. Uh, and that that used up, I think, like two-thirds of the remaining cap space. Um, and yeah, he's spending two-thirds of anything on Eric Goodbranson. It's a bad sign. And yeah, I mean, like the fra- Flames are just so confusingly managed. Um, it always seems like they're making these moves that you're really like scratching your head at, you know. And the, the trend continues. The trend continues, and you know, like you had, you, what is it? They signed Blake Coleman this year to like way too long, way too much money. Uh, and I mean, this team is like they're slowly rotting, <laughs> is the vibe I get. Um, it <laughs> seems like they're going nowhere fast. Every year is a disappointment. And uh, I mean, I hardly think Erica Branson is going to lift everybody's spirits. Um, but who knows? Maybe his big biceps will, will help recuperate this team. Oh, yeah, for sure. See, with Erica Branson, obviously, he's one of the players that you know the analytics community or whatever you want to call them has known as bad for quite a while and NHL GMs were you know late to receive the memo but it felt like he was finally wearing out his welcome this past season when you know like he was on the he was on the Senators I mean he was playing too much there but he was traded to Nashville at the deadline he think I think he got like only a a seventh round pick and he barely cracked uh, even Nashville's defense and they had remember their defense was extremely decimated this season 
and uh, he only got in there from time to time. So it kind of seemed like, yeah, this is a guy who might get league min somewhere. He's kind of worn out his welcome. Teams have caught on to the fact that he's not that good. And then all of a sudden, Calgary, you know, in the dead of the offseason, when they didn't even have that, you know, much of a need on defense, and they, they signed Michael Stone the same day, who's like, you know, probably maybe a little better than Eric Branson, I think. And they're like, yeah, you know, whatever. Why not bring on this number seven defenseman for almost $2 million who doesn't fill a need positionally uh, and sucks, just in general sucks. And there were plenty of other available who were better than him for cheaper because they're, they're pretty much always was going to be. Yeah. When it comes to like players like Branson who are, who, who seem like they've, they've worn out their welcome, as you said, um, it only takes one stupid GM though, right? Um, it only takes one to sign them to too much money. Uh, and uh, yeah, Brad Living took the bait. And man, I mean, what? They're I, they're in the Pacific. Are they in the Pacific? They are in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have, like, I'm still trying to get readjusted. I got I to like study the divisions real good for a second um, before the season starts. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a shitty division. But I mean, this is yet another shitty team in that division. And so... You know, when when a playoff spot wide is wide open, uh, and you still got a team with a bunch of like overpaid bums, um, that you know they're spending to the cap, and yet the team doesn't feel very good at all. Uh, and you know they might squeeze into that third. You know they'll probably get a playoff spot, I assume, just because of the strength of that that Pacific. But I mean, come playoff time, like like it is every year, this roster is not better than it was last year uh, or the year before, honestly. And though even those years, they like big time disappointments, and so you can't possibly expect anything from the flames and it uh yeah it's just truly truly the epitome of mediocrity they have some very nice pieces up front but they just never seem to be able to put it together uh and i mean <laughs> you signed Eric branson for almost two million dollars what do you expect i wonder how did negotiations with Eric branson get to a point where they end up settling on 1.95 million because this is late in the off season when this type of player is usually either signing a pto or for less than they would have gotten at the start of free agency. And so like, how does this, was Eric Branson like waiting around? Like, no, I want like two and a half from someone and waited for a team who was willing to negotiate. If so, I mean, it worked. Or did Brad for living start the conversation with like, Hey, Eric Branson, we're interested in uh, signing you for like $1.8 million or something. And he managed to negotiate them up for his agent, I guess. Like, where does that go? Because even if, you know, you do think you want to add Eric Goodbranson to your team. You should at least have the sense to not offer him more than like a million dollars. Or I guess, well, I guess I, that kind of makes it sound like it's a good idea to sign Eric Goodbranson with it, which it isn't. But you should be aware of the fact that you shouldn't need to go above like about a million dollars to get Eric Goodbranson on your team, right? I think... Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. But I think, you know, these GMs are... I think the tweet says it all. I understand it's the social media department trying to justify the signing. Um, but, I mean, they're looking for big veteran preference uh, on the blue line. And that's, like, kind of what Good Branson gives. Although, I'll bait very badly. And I think they just he just kind of deluded himself into thinking that he, he's a better player than he was. Um, and, you know, he's coming off a $4 million contract. And so it's like, we're still playing him less than he was last year, uh, I guess is one way you could look at it, uh, even though it's a terrible way to look at it. And yeah, I mean, it's just, we see this all the time, though, in the NHL, especially this just this lap offseason, in terms of completely misvaluing, especially defensemen, um, like free agents. 
Uh, and this seems to be just like a particularly bad case of thinking this absolute scrub is remotely an NHLer, um, which he barely is. Mm-hmm. You know who else Calgary actually recently signed is Brad Richardson. Uh, and it seems like they're going to pencil him in as like fourth line center, or at least have him compete with the likes of the inexperienced Glenn Godden and Matthew Phillips and Byron Fraze for that slot, uh, which is not such an intense competition. But like that's how Calgary's, you know, they're filling out their forward group with guys like Tyler Pitlick and Brett Ritchie and Brad Richardson at the bottom of their lineup. And when we talked about Calgary uh, during this past season, we were like, man, you know, they have like a couple decent players near the top of the lineup, but it really falls off in the bottom six. And that's true on defense as well, especially after not just Eric Goodbranson, but also trading for Nikita Zadorov. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, come on, that's such a poor way, like, especially that fourth line. Um, that is like, I would argue it's a terrible way to build it out. I mean, like, if you're trying to, like, even for a team like Calgary, which should be honestly looking toward the future, um, because the present doesn't look very contending at all, um, you should be looking to kind of develop the younger pieces to round out your roster. And, you know, Brad Richardson, I doubt, I highly doubt he should be playing in the NHL at 36 years old. Um, and yeah, for a team to give him a spot like that, basically a guaranteed fourth line spot because they have nobody else behind him, nobody young to kind of promote. Uh, this is, yeah, it just goes to show, you know, like the, the organizationally, the depth is terrible. And this is what you get. You get Brad Richardson, you're signing good Branson, you're trading for Zadorov. It's just like, you're trying to like plug all the gaps, but they're doing it so poorly. And with such a bad philosophy in terms of, you know, player evaluation that you end up with a worse and worse team every single year. Um, it really does feel like they're trying to plug these gaps with these veterans that are bad year, like with every single hole. Um, and you know, Brad for living at this point, obviously needs to go. His time is up a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, he keeps like, uh, he's not like, you know, like this, these, this ass backward move in terms of, uh, you know, filling in the gaps. You should be developing your youngsters. Um, but instead, they're just getting these old guys to take up, suck up all the ice time and be bad. Another gap they've poorly plugged this offseason is backup goalie. Uh, they traded for Daniel Vidar, who has five NHL games under his belt and an 886 save percentage in them. There's good AHL numbers, but there's really no one else knocking on the door to even, you know, compete with him for the backup spot. She's like, yeah, here you go, Daniel. It kind of feels like, you know, with this, with Goodbranson, with Zadorov, with Brad Richardson, it kind of feels like who's the, the worst player we could possibly find to fill this position. And uh, they've succeeded at pretty much all of them. Not to mention they gave up a third-round pick for Vladar on, like, the day free agency opened when there were obviously many other free agent backup goalies available for, you know, not giving up a draft pick. And they said they went out for, I know he's, he's young ish. He's like 24, which is pretty young for a goalie and probably does have some room to grow, but he has no NHL track record at all. And just leads me to believe they, uh, they're either delusional about what he is or they're just straight up, not a playoff team. Yeah, how can you put all your backup, you know, your backup goalie eggs into the Daniel Vladar basket? That's absurd to me. Like, you know, you you sure he's a nice piece in your organization as you continue to develop him. He's only 24, but to be like he's our backup of the future. There we go. 5 games of NHL experience. <laughs> Nobody else that they want to sign. Um it's uh it's crazy. It's crazy. They just they they don't know what the hell they're doing. And I mean, like if somebody goes down in this uh like in terms of injury, uh, near the top of the lineup, they they have nobody to fill those holes. The like their their organizational depth is probably honestly among the worst in the league, um, for a team that's like not bottoming out quite yet, uh, because it's just 
There's nobody. There's like there's hardly any NHLers. Uh, they have people on the roster who are hardly NHLers, let alone the people behind them. Uh, and yeah, it just it's awful. This this roster, the, the back end, like the back end of the roster stinks. And yeah, it's just it's just some of the worst organizational play uh, roster building philosophy there is out there. I mean, what the hell are we doing here? It's like all these moves are confusing. It's shocking how consistently roastable every single Canadian team is on a on a yearly year in year out. All right. of them <laughs> are, you know, rightfully on the receiving end of such criticism. hundred all seven of them, honestly. Um without exception. It's uh it is remarkable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's something else. Um and then you wonder why there's such a long cup drought in Canada. Um all the teams are kind of shit shows. I wonder if it's the, like the pressure. Is it the you think the pressure plays a part of it at all? The public perception, it feels like they're always kind of uh, pandering a bit, um, and it like it hinders how they're they build their roster, or maybe like you know they're they're all just like dinosaur thinkers. I think there's something to be said for that, and something to be said for you know maybe some players not wanting to play in Canada, but I think that gets overplayed yeah. a bit in comparison to look how long. Most of these Canadian GMs have been tenured. Mark Bergeron since 2012. Kevin Dayoff since 2011 or something. Jim Benning has been there since 2014 in Vancouver. Uh, Pierre Dorian's been there for a while now. Brad Treliving, who we just talked about, how long has he been GM of the Flames? For some reason, there seems to be, and I think part of it is like that pressure or public perception or whatever, that for whatever reason, the owners of these Canadian teams don't want to shake up who's in charge uh, there's just a, a great hesitance to do so. And I think, obviously, when those GMs are less than stellar, which most of them are, that becomes a, a hindrance long-term. And I think that's something to do with it, at least as of late. Before that, I don't know if that was a pattern dating back to the 90s, but that's the sense I'm getting these days. Yeah, they move at a snail's pace, organizationally. It's always, you know, it feels like they're always like three steps behind the American teams in terms of trying to contend. Um, and you know, whenever they kind of stall in their progress upwards, it's like, they, they don't really do anything to shake things up. As you said, you know, it's like, um, there's no sort of continued upward trajectory. Um, it seems that they always hit a ceiling, uh, and then the GM does some stupid shit to try to like take it to the next level, but he thinks like a dinosaur. So he'll like, you know, bring in these, these slow ass veterans and you know, it kind of muddles the team's success. They stall out as a wildcard team and then inevitably just kind of waver on the bubble in pure mediocrity for a bunch of years. And like that's I just described a lot of these fucking teams in terms of their, you know, their their success the last 10 years. Um, and every so often you'll see like, you know, maybe one or two years of success before they inevitably come crashing down because the G- general manager who's been there too long can't manage to fi- find a way to, you know, build a team for that sustained success. Uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I have no idea what it is. Is it just like the, the Canadian owners are just a particularly bad crop? who don't seem to be proactive about anything. Maybe. Maybe we've just got bad billionaires here in Canada. Uh, not to mention that they're all bad, but, you know, um, just that managing hockey-wise. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just I really don't understand. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's just like none of these teams really seem, you know, like the best of them is obviously Toronto, but we've seen their playoff success the last few years. What do you attribute it to? I'm not sure, but the fact is no Canadian team really has any sort of success year in and year out. It's always one year good and then, like, three years bad. Uh, and doing all this stupid shit in terms of in terms of you know general managing mm-hmm. are you planning on watching the um maple leafs all or nothing documentary <laughs> where's that gonna be on is that on uh 
Amazon? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, but I also assume it'll be on everybody's favorite illegal streaming site, soaptoday.to. <laughs> don't say the quiet parts out loud. Uh, you don't need to plug the link. Uh, <laughs> no, a, no, I literally but, uh, I was on another podcast a week ago, uh, yeah. and I, I plugged soaptoday.to over there as well. I was like, oh, yeah, Owl House isn't on Disney Plus in Canada, so I watched it on soaptoday.to. Absolutely shameless. Shameless behavior. <laughs> Um, if they do take it down, I know who I'm blaming. Like I, who's been screaming it out from the mountaintops. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out. If anything, I'll check out the last episode just to kind of laugh at them losing to the Habs. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the the success part is boring. Like I can't imagine it's anything entertaining. Um, especially given that I think like the the team had a role in producing it, right? Um, so you know, I can't imagine those first four or five episodes or whatever it is are going to be particularly good. Um, but you know, I'm uh, I'm licking at my chops. Is that the the saying? Licking at my mm-hmm. chops to watch that last. Licking episode. your chops. Um, licking my chops. Sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I think, I'll use I'll use uh, a certain site. Yeah, I think the whole season is five episodes. I'm, I'm kind of I'm skeptical just because the team had a hand in it that you know it's gonna suck and that as you say those first four episodes will be just you know look how great we're doing. But I think there is a chance to kind of made this a little more artful because there's something really, really interesting about, you know, stories where everyone already knows the ending. It's like, you know, you go to see Mm. Romeo and Juliet or whatever, everyone knows how it ends. And that's, you know, part of what makes it fun. You know, like, I don't really mind spoilers for some movies or whatever. It's like, Oh, I know how I, how it ends and I can like see how it gets there. You know, there's kind of like a sense of comfort that goes along with it. So if they play around with like foreshadowing or whatever, you know, offhand comments that end up you know fulfilling prophecies from the players i really hope they lean into that a little bit of of wink wink nudge nudge they're gonna lose in the first round again but i have a feeling that there won't because you know the team has such an influence over it and also i don't even know if did they like after two months of the season they just like finished up like okay our first episode is done now or was it once the season was finished they went through all the footage edited it together into a nice story i assume it's the second one but still because of the influence from the maple leafs i don't know if there was that much wiggle room for them to be like point and laugh with the laughing stock team if only oh my god it would be so much more entertaining if it was that you know haha <laughs> they lost for the god knows how many year time in a row uh in the first round but and like you know that the, the, the foreshadowing shit would be it, it, excellent it would be it would be a work of art um but i don't i have uh like no faith um, that that's going to be the case because of the team's hand in the production. Uh, and, you know, it's a sports team. If a sports team has, you know, control over it, I can't imagine they they have the, the humor to poke fun at themselves, especially given the despair that that organization <laughs> has gone through with this. Um, but, you know, we can always hope. I'll certainly watch with that sense of hope. Um, and uh, if they do if they do mess around and kind of poke fun, I'll, uh, I'll, have, an, I'll have an incredible time. I'll just, I'll have the time oh, of my yes. life. Um, and, yeah. I'm kind of excited. I hope they pull through. Mm-hmm. If they don't, I'll be pretty fucking disappointed, even though it's it's kind of what I expect at this point. Yeah, I have to say my hopes are not high. I feel like it's going to be kind of similar. You know those like Road to the Winter Classic things that they used to do? They might even still do, but they're just so irrelevant that I haven't heard anything about them. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea. I think they might have been irrelevant from watch- the start, but go or- ahead. Did you, ever- did you ever watch like 24CH? <laughs> Remember when they used to have that? Yes! I did. I okay. did. Yeah. When, okay. For anyone who might not remember, it was basically just this show where they would just like, you know, 
like behind the scenes of the Montreal Canadiens is like, oh, here are the players on game day. Let's follow Brendan Gallagher, you know, eat breakfast and drive him to the rink. And here they are in the second period or whatever. And uh, it's, it's relatively boring, which I think is, you know, why I got cut. But a lot of teams had like the exact same type of idea. Like the Oilers had oil change. And I think a bunch of teams <laughs> had different kinds. Road to the Winter Classic was basically that but for the two teams in the winter classic for like the month leading into the winter classic, oh God. which horrendously boring. is such a terrible concept because it's, it's not awful. like we're building towards a winter classic. That's basically just another game of the schedule for them. It's not like, guys, we got to get ready for the winter classic. That's in a month and a half. So here are tune up games for the winter classic. No one's ever talking about the winter classic until it's like a couple days away, even including those teams. So it's just like, Here's what Washington's doing tonight. Here's what Pittsburgh's doing tonight. And they have nothing to do with each other, but we're showing them both because in a month and a half, they're playing each other outdoors. That was the concept behind it. And I kind of feel like this all or nothing documentary has a chance to really just be 24 CH, but for the Maple Leafs and condensed to five episodes for the whole season. Oh, that would suck, wouldn't it? That really would suck. Um, <laughs> like lame game recaps. Imagine it's just 82 straight game recaps or 89, I should say. Or no, 56. no, it was 61. It was 61. It would be, no. What's my math doing? 63. No, 63. 63 game recaps. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would suck. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can get some storylines going. Storylines that eventually lead to the closing, um, which is, you know, getting embarrassed in those seven games against the Habs. Uh, and yeah, I mean, first of all, that Winter Classic uh, series, who thought of that? Whose dumbass idea was that? I want to know. I want to know exactly who signed up on this, this horrendous idea of a production for a game that literally is worth exactly the same as any other boring-ass regular season game between the between the whatever two teams that happen to be involved. Um, you know, I respect it, though. Okay. I respect the Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm on IMDb, Road to the Winter Classic, TV series, 2014, dash, and there's no end date. So I guess the show is still going on. Uh, And here's the, um, I guess this is like the first season of it, because the description is, as the Blackhawks and Capitals embark on their journey to the NHL Winter Classic, the teams get used to the cameras. Coach Barry Trotz opens up off the ice. Rookie Scott Darling debuts as goalie for the Blackhawks. Brad Richards balances being a new father with his busy work schedule, and Alexander Ovechkin and his coach begin to hit their groove. Wow, what does any of that have to do with the Winter Classic? That's what I... (laughs) Is it because they're going to play in it later this year? Obviously. Crazy, crazy. Um, I want to see the viewership numbers. I want to know if they were above above or below six. I assume they're astronomically Um, low. (laughs) <laughs> i would assume so but uh yeah so what do we know do we have a release date for that uh the leafs one uh october 1st october 1st perfect i know what i'll be doing october yeah. 2nd mm-hmm. on uh, a certain dot to site uh and <laughs> yeah please give it to me i just uh all right man yep all right so it looks like wrote the nhl winter classic they had you know, like a season six for the 2020 Winter Classic between Ooh. Nashville and Dallas. It was three episodes long. And of course, there was no 2021 Winter Classic. Uh, so no season last year. But all signs are pointing to this show hasn't been canceled. And if, if there's a Winter Classic this upcoming season, which I honestly don't remember if there is, but I assume there is, they'll probably just pick the show right back up. 
Oh God! What a <laughs> looks like they do. It looks like they. It looks like they do only have three episodes, or wait, or four episodes every season. I don't know why season one, yeah. two, four, five, and six is on IMDb, but not season three. Strange. Um, but uh, yeah, I see here that the the stars and the Prez one. I mean, that third episode they had an hour long special. <laughs> wow! The fuck is the big you, TV you event of the winter. The series oh, finale culminates. Oh wait, wait, wait! Oh, documenting oh, the Dallas Stars and Nashville Predators, the two biggest franchises of the NHL. Uh, that's a must-watch. No it must actually says TV. that. No, it... no, no! Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just making. No, no, okay, I'm just making okay. me. Yeah. All right. Okay, because now uh, this season six, episode three, the description on IMDb says the series finale. So maybe there actually won't be any more. Road to the oh. NHL Winter Classic episodes. It says the series finale Tragic. culminates with the Nashville Predators and Dallas Stars making final preparations before a memorable clash in front of 85,000 plus fans attending the 2020 Bridgestone wow. NHL Winter Classic at the historic Cotton Bowl. All right. Well, that would be a shame. That would oh, be a right, damn right. shame. Okay. What, what a big loss for society. <laughs> I want to read the, the description for the penultimate episode of season six. It says members of the Dallas Stars and Nashville Predators tended to some tasks on their off days in their respective <laughs> communities prior to playing in the 2020 Bridgestone NHL Winter Classic at Cotton Bowl Stadium on January 1st. They tended to oh, some God. tasks. I want to shout out this Reddit post um, that I found. You slash Mendo47 who asks, anyone know where to find the HBO 24-7 series for the Winter Classic? The only full <laughs> series online is the Penguins Capitals with all the licensed music removed. And the only other ones I can find are the censored versions of the first episodes of the Flyers, Rangers, and Leafs Wings. So uh, I just want to shout out that guy for really trying his hardest to find the recording of the series. Um, I really want to see Rack Faxa get his groceries. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and, and then you know we have we have some fun comments too. It's a damn shame these aren't even available on HBO Max, um, and uh, you know among others. <laughs> wow, crazy! I, I was just thinking about this. For this. <laughs> I used to have them all saved to a hard drive, but I can't find them. Uh, there were torrents <laughs> for them, but I don't think they exist anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. You know what we Shout should do? Shout out Robat 1989. <laughs> Saving the series on a hard season. drive. Yeah, next off season, we should binge all of these and do live reactions to Rose a viewing the party. Classic. A viewing oh, party, yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll Twitch stream it. We'll Twitch stream it off of, straight off of, of Soap Today. I assume it's going to be on there. Uh, and uh, everybody who wants to come and watch us can watch the glory that is that is, that is Bread's stars in a random game in the regular season. And other, I remember that was the one where like, uh, where Corey Perry got ejected immediately for a hit to the head. And he had to take that extremely long walk. Oh, that's a really that's long walk. I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing I remember from that game. I don't even remember who won. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and the camera following him the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, cause that was also like right during the world juniors where every penalty I think it was in the Czech Republic. They played that music that was like da 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 da. Do you remember that? The penalty yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh-huh, and then the someone put that penalty music over Corey Perry's long walk away from the Winter Classic. <laughs> you could probably run through that song three times through the length of that walk. Um, but uh, yeah. 
I hope they included uh, that in the documentary. Yeah, I missed that music. Um, uh, it looks like Road to the Winter Classic hyped. is not on soap today, sadly. Ah, God damn it, you failed us. Uh, I think we found the one oh. show that isn't there. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll have to. I'll have to ask Reddit for uh, for a good torrent. Uh, anyone have this on a hard yeah. drive? Yeah, Please. can you share your, the Google Drive link with me? Right. It's out there somewhere, right? Oh man, I would hope. Oh, so. must be out there somewhere. Yeah. All right, I think right. it is time for this week's guess who, and I'm looking Ooh. forward to this one uh, because there are so many meme players on the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> that almost all of them, almost all of them feel unlikely to be selected. Right, all of them. Like once we get to the guessing stage, all of them. Every single last one of them is a good candidate to be the winner because they're all just equally unremarkable. Because um, yeah. I doubt I've heard of any of them. So, all right, I'm uh, excited. I'm excited for this. All uh, right, remind so, us where this remind us where the series score is before we start. Yes, I shall do that by pulling up my notes. We have dun, da, da, da. I have four wins. Taisei has six wins, and we have five ties. Right. So, I'm not six in such wins. a great position. As we are, I believe, at exactly the, uh, or no, 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 the, uh, no, not halfway done yet. This one is going to be the last guess who of the first half. We've been at it for almost a year and a half now, so uh, eventually we will get through all thirty-two teams, and by that point there might be thirty-three. Uh, probably not, but that was a funny <laughs> joke anyway. Here are the players for this Arizona Coyotes guess who we got. Carter Hutton, Joseph Coronar, Jacob Chikrin, Anton Strawman, Shane Gostisbehere, Ilya Lyubushkin, Kyle Capobianco, Connor Timmins, Victor Soderstrom, Vladislav Provolnev, Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Phil Kessel, Lawson Kraus, Barrett Hayton, Christian Fisher, Ryan Dezingle, Johan Larson, Antoine Roussel, Dimitri Yaskin, Travis Boyd, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, Yan Yannick, and Liam O'Brien. I've heard of all of these guys. For sure. For sure. Me too. Especially right. Vladislav Provolnev. <laughs> Fuck. He wasn't even my in my original spreadsheet. I had to go and make a whole new row for uh for our, <laughs> our icon, Vladislav Provolnev. Um <laughs> Okay. Let's randomize. Um and alrighty, so All right, I have my I player. Have my player. Yeah. All right, I'll mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. I have Liam O'Brien. And I'm back. All right. Muting in three, two, one. My player is Johan Larson. All right. I'm returning. Okay. Okay. Let us begin. So since you won last time, I have home yep. guess advantage, which means that you shall guess first. Is that how that works? All right. Let us, let us yes. begin. Um, you told me you had a spicy, you had a spicy opener, so that's I'm I'm yes. waiting eagerly for this one. Um, I, unfortunately, I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything that linked thirteen of these players, uh, let alone like five of these players that was remotely remarkable. <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, we're gonna be we're going we're gonna be going pretty standard fare here. Um, but uh, okay, all right, we'll do draft round. That's pretty spicy. Was there a player drafted in the first or second round? Um, my player was drafted in the first or second round. All right. Okay. So he's not a nobody nobody. Might be a semi nobody, but that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um no Vladislav Provolnev. That's kind of depressing, but you know. Well, we have three <laughs> other rounds for that. All right. Go ahead. My initial question, which splits these players 
uh, as evenly as you can, 12 and 13. Has your player ever played a game for the Arizona Coyotes? <laughs> oh, ooh, that's that's good. That's that's fucking good. Um, no, my player has not played a game for the for the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Gotta hand it. Believe to you. it or not, um, that actually is the less good outcome for me because there are thirteen <laughs> who have not and twelve who have. <laughs> of course. Um, okay. <laughs> you better use that for all three rounds. Um, having, having thought of that, such a good question. Um, okay, let's see. Where do I? I'll go last name now. I don't even have numbers um, of the players. That's unfortunate. Um, all right. Eesh. So, hmm. Okay. Uh, does your player's last name, uh, is it Jaskin or earlier in the alphabet? No, my player's last name is not Yaskin or earlier in the alphabet. Um, my bad, my bad, Dimitri. Completely botched his name. Go ahead. All right, let's go with a nice age question. Is your player 28 or younger? 28 or younger? Um, let me consult... My player is, hold up, did you say 28 or younger or 28 or older? 28 or younger. Yes, my player is 28 oh. or younger. All right, once again, this is not a good outcome for me. I now have seven players left. Excellent, we love that. Um, I'm down to six. Uh, we're going to go country. Is your player American? No, my player is not American. Interesting. So we're left with with three dudes from non-America. I'm going to go with, is your player a defenseman? My player is not a defenseman. All right. Which means it's either a forward or a goalie. So I I have four players left now. Who are they? Please enlighten us. They are Travis Boyd, Liam O'Brien, Dimitri Yaskin, and Joseph Coronar. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, I have three players left. I got uh, Timmins, Connor Timmins, Johan Larson, and Victor Soderstrom. Um, and I will go with a guy I had not heard of before today. Um, is your player Johan Larson? Yes, my player is Johan Larson. <laughs> okay. All right. We're killing it. Surprised right, you've never you heard of Johan he's like He's uh, one of the most uh, underrated you know? defensive forwards. He wins every face-off and stuff. Anyway, um, I'll be seeing his accomplishments all right, so of course, this year. Of course, I'm not going to guess the goalie, Joseph Coronar. I don't think I should guess Dimitri Yaskin yeah. either, since he seems somewhat remarkable, seeing as he was part of one of your earlier questions, which leads me to Travis Boyd and Liam O'Brien. Uh, Liam O'Brien, if I recall correctly, wore number 87 in Washington, which is the only notable thing I remember about him, uh, which leaves me with the entirely unremarkable... Travis Boyd. Is your player Travis Boyd? No, my player is not Travis Boyd, unfortunately. So uh, I take round one. That's pretty good. Uh, my player, player was uh, Mr. 87 himself, Liam O'Brien. No, uh, Liam so O'Brien. <laughs> you, you, you justified that pick with, with a fact that is, I would argue, one of the least remarkable things. Um, so <laughs> you, that may have led you astray there. All right. Pretty good. Uh, well, I mean, even if I had said, well, Travis Boyd and Liam O'Brien are equally unremarkable, I may still have gone with Travis Boyd, so. 
Yeah, you know what? I I would argue Liam O'Brien is super unremarkable because when I Google Liam O'Brien, he is not the uh, not the guy that pops up. In fact, there is a more famous uh, voice actor who uh, is Liam O'Brien. So that's amazing go. because voice actors are typically never famous. <laughs> what is he? He's a he's a regular. So Liam O'Brien is less remarkable than the regular cast member of the Dungeons and Dragons actual play series Critical Role. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it seems to be his most remarkable role too. So uh, that's, uh, uh-huh. that's what if it's the else. same guy? What if it is? You know what? There's, there's, they've never been seen in the same room. I assume. Um, I would so be surprised true. if they were. So <laughs> at the Liam O'Brien convention. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe they have. You know, as far as my knowledge goes, they've never been in the same room. But I may be just spouting bullshit. Uh, it remains to be seen. I can't. Yeah, I can't tell. Misinformation. I, I can't say I know much. Yeah. I'm a fake news man. All right. Okay. Well, I've lost the first round. What else is new? Let's try again. Do you have your next player? I do. All right. I'm going to mute my incoming audio in three, two, one. I have Christian Fisher. And I'm back. All right. I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is Phil Kessel. All right. I'm coming back now. It's time. All right. I have a question for you. Uh, has your player ever played a game for the Arizona Coyotes? My player, allow me to Google this, man. Um, hold up, hold up. Uh, yes, he has played a game for the Arizona Coyotes. Nice, so sweet, that is <laughs> big win, cool. big win. He, he, he nailed <laughs> oh yeah, it. He nailed it. Ah yes. All right, let's sort by what should we sort by? I don't know. Uh, nationality, I guess. Um, all right, is your player either American, Swedish, or French? Yes, my player is either American, Swedish, or French. Well, he could be Antoine Roussel, is what you're saying. That's fun. That's fun. All right, proceed. All right, I'm gonna go with is your player's number forty six or higher, according to Cap Friendly. Oh, okay. Let me let me hit that Cap Friendly. Uh, don't wanna don't wanna fool myself like I did last time. Who was it last time? Um, I clowned. Uh, Sean Corrali. Yeah, <laughs> I ended up tying that game if I recall correctly. Uh, no, I think you won. Um, no, no, or, or I mean just that. Same. Oh, that that specific uh, round. Yeah, what, yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, what was your question? Your player's number was, uh, did you say 40-something? 46 or higher. 46 or higher? No, it's not 46 or higher. Uh. It's 45 and a half or lower. All right. Wow, crazy. Okay. Okay, so I'm down to six. Go ahead. All right. All right. You're doing pretty well, apparently. Allegedly. Um, okay. So was your player drafted... In the first round or uh, the third round? Yes, my player was drafted in the first round or the third round. All right. Okay. So he's pretty. So what you're saying is it's not Antoine Roussel. Well, that's that's disappointing. All right. Go ahead. Was your player drafted in the top 16? Wait, 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 wait. I retract oh. that question. 
Um, okay. Uh, never mind. I don't retract it. Was your player drafted in oh. the top sixteen? My player was not drafted in the top sixteen. Okay. Okay. I hope that didn't help. Um. All right. Was your player drafted by the Arizona Coyotes? My player was not drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. Ooh, okay. All right. Your player is a somebody. Your player is a somebody. Okay. Go ahead. All right, I have three players left. It's Nick Schmaltz, yeah. Christian Fisher, and Johan Larson. Um, earlier, when I asked the question uh, if they've ever played for the Coyotes, you took a minute to reflect. Uh, so I am trying to think of which of these three players it's least likely you would instantly know that they did play for the Coyotes. And although it would go against traditional thinking, I think that Johan Larson, being the one that you apparently hadn't heard of uh, until today, is the one that you would be least likely to know played for the Coyotes. So even though Johan Larson was my player last round, I'm going to go with, is your player Johan Larson? My player is not Johan Larson. Um, okay. Awesome. All right. Glad I did all that um, thinking. <laughs> wait, wait who, who are the two other players? Just Nick Schmaltz and Christian saying. Fisher. Interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Because I have, I have Nick Schmaltz as part of my three left. Um, and I also have Phil Kessel here and I also have Shane Gosses bear. And so I can, I can dunk, I can win this right here. Uh, with one of these, I think, Hmm. Wait, no, wait, you can't win it. You can't win the whole thing right here. I have, uh, I can. Oh oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. I can win the whole thing right here. Um, all right. Okay. Let's spice things up. Um, I'm going to go. Is your player. Ooh, Phil Kessel. Yeah, obviously. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Let's fucking go. Mm. <sighs> how, did, how do you do it? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, fuck. I pulled that one out of my ass. Mm-hmm. All right. I did some gamesmanship, by the way. Um, My player was Christian Fisher, and I very well okay. knew that he had played a game for the Arizona Coyotes. And thought oh, I might. Oh, throw so you want me to do that mind trick good. stuff? All right, I oh, guess it's I time to to follow your lead next <laughs> next time. Oh, I was. You're gonna be so unprepared. Every single question, I'm gonna be reflecting <laughs> so hard and pretending to do research. You have no idea. Well, I did do research, you know, just in case. I don't want to give you any false information. Screw myself over. Um, but yeah, it was it was All a good right. time. Uh, and um, I learned from the Corrali incident, the infamous Corrali incident. I was actually gonna do some gamesmanship and try to throw, like, try to throw you off the Fisher scent by not picking the obviously unremarkable Nick Schmaltz, thinking that you might think that I think he's remarkable because I have him, and that you would guess him in the next round. Um, but uh, alas, I didn't even need to worry about that. Um, so yeah, all right, a clean sweep. Do you want to play a third one just for jokes, or or you want to call it an episode? Uh, nah, I think we can call it an episode here. I don't need to play. <laughs> Your little exhibition tournament, your little you pity party for me. You sure you don't want? You sure you don't want to? You don't want to practice yeah, a little yeah. bit? It's I'm little, good. I need to practice on here. you. This guy, this guy's on a losing yeah, streak two, two times in a row. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should just start tanking the rest of the season to get the top pick for next year. Wow. Um. Uh. I okay. I thought you might be. I thought your rebuild might be over already. Is this not your? Where's your run of unparalleled success? <laughs> Coming <laughs> that's coming in like five years <laughs> don't worry you know what would be a fun version of guess who is where you try to be the last person to guess the player 
<laughs> Couldn't you theoretically like just you guess alternate. the same player over and over? It's like, what? <laughs> no, if you if Wait, if what? someone's already been ruled out by your question, you're not allowed to circle back to them. Oh, okay. So I could be like, so we would in oh, theory okay. just so go I... one player at a time, and I'd be like, is your player <laughs> and whoever Carter gets Hutton? it loses, and you'd say no. Yeah, and whoever gets it loses. Ah, man, what an awful idea! It's like a... I must say, oh no, it's a great. Idea. <laughs> like a couple of years ago, it reminds me a couple of years ago, Lauren and I, our friend Lauren. Uh, we came up with some different versions of Crazy Eights, the card game, and one of them, uh, which is called Crazy Aces, uh, basically, how it worked, if I'm remembering correctly, is you're the it's open hand, so you can see the other person's cards, and okay. it's regular Crazy Eight rules in that, like you know, you match either the suit or the number, and but if you lose all your cards you lose the game and the way to win the game is you have to be the first one to play an ace. It's crazy aces. <laughs> Wait, fuck. The way to win the game is to play be the first to play an ace? Yeah, you win if you play an ace. And if you lose all your cards, uh, then you lose. And you have to play a card every turn, obviously. That kind of slaps, doesn't it? I bet that slapped. It, that that that, that it, has some real. It's it's fun. Game potential. we haven't played in a while, Open hand but too. but it was definitely good. a good time. All right, excellent. All right, so maybe who knows when we pick our next team? That might be the format we undergo. I can't imagine we'll get more than like one round done with the amount of time that we have, uh, considering the regular season will have started. Um, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Oh wait, did we want to mention in three weeks? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I think uh, it'll maybe. be like just about to start, maybe. Okay. All right. Because I know training camp, I think, starts in a week and a half, right? Mm. Um, rookie camp start in like three days, which is fun. Um, nobody really cares about that, but it just goes to show how close we are. Um, so, yeah. That's so maybe. Yeah, maybe, I think yeah, yeah, the last, season starts last... on uh, the season starts a month from today, actually, October 12th. So, in three oh. weeks, it will uh, not quite be time yet. All right, so our last maybe dog days guess who episode we might go <laughs> one round, um, wildin, uh, just who can <laughs> who can get the player last. Yeah. Um, all uh, right, guess who idea. not? That's what we'll call it. <laughs> don't guess who. Um, yeah, don't guess who. There, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. Why did I wow, go to real, guess real who tease not before going to don't guess who? It's so much more obvious and funnier. <laughs> I have no idea, um, but it's a it's a good teaser. It's a good teaser for the it's for the listeners. You know, they're, all, they're all looking for they're all looking for to don't guess who, um, coming in three weeks. Uh, and all um, right, potentially three to weeks. to a a podcasting platform near you. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, did we want to mention how we might uh, go about our in-season podcasting, um, which I think you briefly set me oh. an idea, and it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll try this out at least for the first little while. It might get to be a lot of work and going out of our way, but we're thinking maybe picking a new team each week and watching their games and focusing on them in uh, the episode uh, because, you know, it would help us to become a little bit more familiar than we are with, you know, the other teams and the eye test and stuff and not just, you know, going off the of word of mouth. And it would also, you know, be fun and add a little extra spice to each episode. So I think we're definitely going to at least try that out for the first little while uh, and see if we're 
liking how it's going. Are there 32? I don't think... Does the season cover 32 weeks? Is my question. Or will we, will That's we bully a good some question. teams by leaving them out? We definitely don't need to do Anaheim. Um, so, <laughs> we also could... <laughs> We also can definitely get away with not talking about the Nashville Predators, so that that makes it a little bit easier on us. Uh, All right. We'll see who else is on the chopping block, but those two we definitely don't have to cover. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll count the weeks. I'll count the weeks, and we'll, we'll, we'll cut teams according to how many we need to cut. But yeah, um, clearly Nashville and Anaheim, even if there are 34 weeks, have already been preemptively cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could, we'll could. we repeat uh, Pittsburgh or something before circling on over to the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, I'd rather repeat the Rangers than, than, than even dare speak a word of the Anaheim Ducks, <laughs> which prior to yeah, today, um, I'm, oh. not sure, I'm not sure whether we've mentioned the Ducks in the last like 20 weeks. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we hadn't. Uh huh. It's shocking their immediate descent from being like a cup contender into the, by far the least notable team in the league. <laughs> I I appreciate that kind of decline though. I respect it. It takes a certain form of art, um, to do that to yourself yeah. as a franchise. So, you know. Uh huh. See, maybe you know we just the coach talked, of the Anaheim just... Ducks is. No, a Dallas Eak is a Dallas Eakin. I... It is Dallas Eakins, which every time I remember that, I'm like, oh. that's so insane. Because in my mind, Dallas Eakins <laughs> is like that failed Oilers coach from 2013 who is never going to work in the NHL again. But he's currently a head coach. <laughs> that's fucking insane. I think the only reason I remember Dallas Eakins as a coach is just how remar- uh, unremarkable he is. And I was like, ah, oh, the fuck? He's still around? Um, and <laughs> I mean, I think that that's that's the entirety of Dallas Eakins' coaching career since he left Edmonton, isn't it? Um, right there in one sentence. Uh, so yeah, have we just talked them into into one episode though? I, I don't think so, but yeah, the possibility I think we remains out there. Have. Yeah, the oh, fact that they have me right. means we have so, to do it at some point. Ah, uh, fuck! Now we're back at thirty-one. So this cutting process <laughs> is evidently going to be hard. It's a balance between cutting a team and making sure not to talk about cutting them too much, so that you can't cut them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Something that we've clearly uh, botched right maybe here with Anaheim. Yeah, so maybe whoever we decide to cut, we just have to not mention it at all and see if anyone notices. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. So we maybe we should yeah, we should just like every week we should pick a team and whoever we don't pick will just will remain unremarked for for the sake of yes. keeping the sanctity of this uh of our weekly rotation. Um Perfect. So yeah, if there are any other oh fuck, I don't dare name the other team that we've already decided we've excluded. Um, for fear of yeah. potentially re-including them again. Uh, um, so if there are any so, other fans of that team, by the way, our apologies. My so we've somehow miraculously squeezed an hour of content out of yet another nothing week. And I think uh, with the remaining of my talking and also the theme music that we'll play, we will get to an hour. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back a week from today, September 19th. Uh, it, it is going to be another draft week. We'll come up with another topic and maybe even a couple more uh, mediocre to awful defensemen will get signed. You can follow this podcast on Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter as well. Our handles are in the description.